<laughs> Welcome to another episode Wait, of Math give me a clean, Give me a clean take on that, because I think me saying fucking do it was like in the <laughs> beginning of that. <laughs> We're keeping this, by the way. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, cool. No, but we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a better one. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Magical Boys. It is one half of your Ranma, CJ Kirkland. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is the other half of your Ranma. I'm being forced to continue this joke. Ruben Medina. <laughs> That's me. Oh, boy. Great. <laughs> I really appreciate you for just playing along with my really bad joke. I don't know I if really I'd call that... Ranma joke. I don't know if I'd call that playing along as much as, like, dragging myself along. <laughs> Um, DJ, if you fell into a, uh, if you fell into a cursed, like, water hole, what would you, what would be your, your, what would you come out, what would be your, like, your transformation, your Rama transformation? Um, oh, God. <clears throat> what would it be? Mm. Um, it would be one of two things. One, <clears throat> a corgi. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? I would take on the challenge of the of the falling into a spring of a drowned girl thing. Sure, why not? Okay, why not to become a lady? Yeah. Um, I would f- try to fall into the spring of a straight white man. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make some things easier on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We. <laughs> When you're when doused with cold water, he <laughs> becomes a privileged white man. <laughs> oh, what is this? Sure, here's a credit card. Mm-hmm. Here, this interview is going great, fantastic. I get pulled over and I just throw cold cold water on myself. <laughs> yeah, real quick. It's like, oh, sorry, sorry about that, <laughs> son. Why are you so wet? Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, just it just happens. You know, just straight white boy stuff. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> welcome. To Magical Boys, where we talk about video games, anime, pop culture, and all that shit in between from a queer perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's very, it's very queer. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. We're both pretty queer. Mm-hmm. Boys. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. I would agree. I, yeah. yeah. No, I would yeah. I think there's... <laughs> Uh, I'm waiting for people to be like receipts. I want some receipts. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. It's like let's. It's like really. You say you're queer, but how queer <laughs> prove it. Prove it. <laughs> yeah. Enter. Enter into the queer games. The queer Olympics. Like <laughs> the, the queer Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, but what? What does that even the look thir- like? The, the, the thirsty games. Like the thirsty games. <laughs> You come up, you like you start in the cornucopia, and like you don't have uh, any niceties. So it's like all the things around the cornucopia instead of being weapons, it's like, um, like a <laughs> a cell phone like battery charger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just like just some hair products. <laughs> it's like all you have is like an iPhone, a portable charger, and a grinder account, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then just figure it out. <laughs> just make a mad dash for that phone so I can use grinder while I'm stuck yeah. here. <laughs> oh, oh god. my god. 
Um, so, so what's going on, Ruben? How are you? What's up? What's new? Oh, I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah. You know, just the usual. Just uh, uh, keeping busy playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, launched a new podcast that's a comedy one, but I can talk about that later okay. instead of right now. Okay. But uh, I think I hinted at it before. If you want to hear me and two white boys uh, do comedy, uh, <laughs> two straight white boys do comedy, um, I'll, I'll, I'll plug that at the end of the show. Yeah. But that's been a lot of my time lately. Yeah. How about you, DJ? Um, well, I was on vacation for like two solid weeks. So You're that, in was, that was Hawaii? super fun. Yeah, I was in Hawaii for a week and then flew back to California. I was in SoCal for like a day and then got on a cruise to Mexico for a couple days which what was your favorite part of all that um being drunk for two weeks okay so I knew that (laughs) (laughs) I mean (laughs) oh but in all all seriousness like Hawaii was so dope we were in um Honolulu and what was really cool about it was we would just get in the car and drive. And we would drive along, you know, the, I guess, I guess the coast. I guess that's Hawaii, if that's a thing. Yeah. Um, we just drive along it, and there are all these, like, little areas where you could stop and look at the water, or go down and find somewhere to swim, and all that stuff. And it was just beautiful, and nice, mm-hmm. and warm. And I hate that thing when people say, oh, look, the water's so blue, but... It is. It's really, <laughs> it's really beautiful, and the weather was perfect the entire time. And we we swam a lot, and we ate a lot, we drank a lot, and it was just really cool to just be somewhere and not have any obligations for a little bit. But uh, I'm really bad at vacations because the whole time while I was there, I was like, there are so many things that I need to do for like my comic, and then just stuff for Crunchyroll Expo, and just things that I want to do in general, but I was like, nah, that all that stuff can wait. You're on vacation. Just enjoy being in this place that you've never been to before and just experience that and all the good stuff. So yeah, just like exploring Hawaii and not the super uh, touristy parts of it, but like the actual rural parts of Hawaii and the beaches and all that stuff. It was super fun. Cool. That sounds dope. Yeah. And I then, have never been to Hawaii, but one day. Yeah, you should go. It's yeah. fun. Um, and I finally, after months, beat Persona 5. Oh, uh, yeah. Finally. Talk to me about it. Talk yeah. Talk to me about this. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I used a guide because I was like, I just want to get through this. And I'd rather not just like keep having to get game over after game over after game over after game over. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, used a guide to kind of get me through the last the last leg of the game and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy how they wrap the game up. Um, again, we've talked about it multiple times that how the game has a ton of problems, mm-hmm. but it's easily one of my favorite games of 2017. Um, I, I thought the way that they wrap things up was actually pretty decent. Um, I wasn't ex- I, did, I was actually legitimately surprised at some of the things that happened in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I didn't... Okay. I, I didn't wonder how they were going to wrap that up. And and they did. Because <laughs> I don't want to get too, like, spoiler into it for people that are still out there that are playing it. 
Sure, because there definitely are. Um, who is your wife at the end? On. Of course. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I definitely picked On, and I really I really enjoyed that moment at the, the, at the end of the game with her, because I thought it was actually pretty... It's pretty good because mm-hmm. I felt like for the most part um, that the game is definitely male gazy, like the whole game is for sure. And I appreciate that moment with on that I had at the end because it was like more centered around her feelings and not you as a protagonist. Oh, uh, cool! That's yeah, cool. yeah. Um, I really, I really like how they how they they handled that piece of it. But uh, Alice has to do better with women. Period. Oh, they, for sure. They just have to do better. But um, I really enjoyed the game. I was, I'm sad that it's over because I we had been waiting for Persona Five for years. Mm-hmm. So you know, and now I, we got it, and it's over. But <laughs> I really want to do New Game Plus so that I can max out all the social uh, the social links for the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I had a lot of fun with it. So this and- is like a, a weird question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, though, because it's not an experience that I've ever been able to have. So as, um, as a gay man playing a game that has romance options, and in the case of Persona, unfortunately, it's all female romance options, mm-hmm. like... What is the like? How do you feel, or like, what is the appeal of romancing a female character, like, in a game? Because it's it's I think it's ostensibly probably different than for me being bi mm-hmm. or a straight guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, and I guess this has just been how I've always felt about female characters in games, and just how my relationship with women in general is. Like, I love women. I love mm-hmm. and respect women, and I love. Because there have been nothing but women in my life growing up. Like, my mom was the breadwinner of our family. And most of all, most of, all of my cousins are all female. I was the first boy in my family in 15 years. And all the boys came after me. So I'm the oh, oldest wow. and the gayest. It's <laughs> um, <clears throat> a good title. The oldest. <laughs> and, sounds like a, like a Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like you're a wizard. <laughs> the, old, the oldest and gayest wizard, wizard in all of Middle Earth. <laughs> Gay Dolph. <laughs> it's true. I am like the gay wizard of the family. Um, for me, it's I've always like I can appreciate like oh these characters are very attractive. Like they're very beautiful, attractive female characters. And honestly, it was like oh I like her personality the most, and I want to get to know her because I think she's really cool. For me, it's like oh I think she's cool. Like I want to you know want to get to know her and and I guess because being one queer and two being black I'm so accustomed to not seeing myself represented in things that mm-hmm. I'm able to kind of like oh well there are things that about this person that I like and I can somehow relate to so that was kind of how I navigated those relationships with those characters um yeah, I just looked at it as this is a character that I like the most out of all of the women, so mm-hmm. I want to have a deeper relationship with her. So cool. I kind okay. of I kind of just treated them like friendships, 
Yeah, and so it becomes more of a like aesthetic and emotional connection as opposed to like mm-hmm. a sexual one. Yeah, because it was like like I can objectively say like oh. On is hot, or I can see how people could think that all of these girls are hot for different reasons. I get that. But yeah. for me, it's like, mm-hmm. I think that character design is cool, so like, and I like her personality is cool, so I'm gonna pursue that route. Yeah, I think that's the thing that a lot of people, um, or at least from my perspective, that a lot of people kind of misconstrue about um, being queer in whatever way you are is that like, you can still just because you're queer doesn't mean you can't find someone of the opposite sex sex attractive yeah. in some way. Like, because I think I'm incredibly attracted to aesthetics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I can look at someone and be like, well, for me, it's like everyone I can be sexually attracted to. But like, yeah. um, even if that wasn't the case, so I think you know you can obviously still look at someone and be like, wow, that person is is striking or beautiful mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, it's just not like. You just don't have a desire to engage them sexually in any way, right? Yeah, e- yeah. exactly. And that's and that's kind of how I treat um, romance options in games, to where I have to have a heterosexual relationship. I just kind of look at it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, now that that's over, <laughs> um, 120 hours later. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I am finally digging into Nier. Yes, yes, yes. So far, my game of the year, I think. Yeah. It's really good. Um, I think the game is picking up now. I'm. Where are you? I got to the robot village. Oh, you're so, like, I'm not so, even... Yeah. So uh, you get to the robot village when they're all, uh, they're all waving the white flags. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So you're, like, you have so much barely. game to go. Yeah. Yes. I'm, barely, I'm barely into it. And uh, it's starting to pick up a little bit. And I'm like, when's it going to ramp up? And then I met those two boys. Yeah. And you, fight, and you have that, where they, that dialogue fighting scene with the two boys. Yep, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, those two fucky boys. Yeah. Incredibly fucky. I'm like, these, are, I'm like, these designs are real good. These, like, Sephiroth-looking. <laughs> they're very JRPG fucky boys. Which, um, fine. Sign one of them. Up. The one who's just wearing, like, the black leather pants, the texture on his pants is so dope. It's, like, a cool, like... If yeah. you haven't noticed, like, go back and look at them. They're very cool. Yeah. Um, that game is insane. Yeah. Uh, it's that game, so pretty. It's beautiful. The music is amazing. Yeah. Spe- specifically, the song that plays Where You Are Right Now, mm-hmm. when you first go to the robot village and oh, they're all waving the flags. Yeah, yeah, The song is dope. It's so good. Yeah, I'm like, this... I'm like, this whole experience is just beautiful and... Mm-hmm awesome it's everything that i like about action games it's oh yeah, it's so good it's so good and i feel like it's approachable like the action isn't too difficult yeah. um but it's fun and the ability to customize your loadout is really nice mm-hmm. um i guess like i i feel like that game doesn't really hit its stride until like halfway through the b route mm-hmm. and the a route will probably take you 10 to 12 hours yeah the b route will take you probably half of that maybe mm-hmm. three-fourths mm-hmm. and then when you hit the cde routes that's when like the game pops off i would say part through b but it pops off in like a major way for the cde route stuff okay. it gets ri- ridiculous i'm looking forward um, to it it's so good yeah. yeah i'm looking forward to you playing it so we can talk about it more mm-hmm. um yes good uh so is that all you've been up to lately playing wise uh yeah and then i played a little bit of overwatch 
Um, I played with Doomfist, and he's very fun. It's cool, because it's like, how do you make a fighting game character work in first person? Mm-hmm. And that's what Doomfist feels like. So it's like, I'm finding myself kind of like treating him like I treat like fighting game training modes. I'm like, oh, okay, so if I do this into this move, it, it's like a combo string and then follow up with that. Like, it's really cool. So like the fact that they were able to make that character feel powerful and when you punch, it, like it has, it feels like impact when you, when you punch somebody in with mm-hmm. the Doomfist. It's really cool. Um, I do appreciate that he's kind of like a glass cannon where he's very he's very strong, but he only has 250 health. So yeah. you can just lay into him real quick with uh, with anybody and just kill him. So he's also a big target yeah, body wise too. He's huge. Um, I haven't played with him yet. I haven't played Overwatch since he got added. Um, I just yeah. haven't had like I've been playing so much Horizon Zero Dawn instead. Um, yeah. But uh, I need to go back and try him out because it does like I was watching people play him and I was like, oh, you, this is very combo intensive. Mm-hmm. Like you really want to string his stuff together. Yeah, absolutely. And Horizon Zero Dawn is another one that is just waiting for me on my shelf. So I Ugh. think I think I might play near and that back and forth together. So I'm probably gonna pop that in. That's sort of what I did with Persona in near for a minute, mm-hmm. and then I kind of mainlined Persona and then went back to near. Yeah. Um, Horizon, like the first couple hours i was like this is pretty cool i'm not like being blown away i'm not hooked yet but i was like into it yeah and then probably five hours in it kind of i realized the um i I got the rhythm of the game yeah and like the feel of it and now i'm like 30 something hours in and that game is surprisingly similar to breath of the wild Mm -hmm. it's once you get into it it feels very much like breath of the wild in a lot of ways okay um very breath of the wild um the I wish side quests were a little bit more interesting as far as character development stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that like Breath of the Wild and Near um, excel at. Yeah, and um, the the coolest part to me, I guess, about um, about Horizon Zero Dawn is the the actual story. They really like slowly feed it to you. It's sort of a mystery that you're slowly unraveling about like what happened to mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that entire, it's one of the best, like, sci-fi post-apocalypse stories I've read in a long time. It is, it is every time you get, like, a data, like, uh, like, whether it's written or it's a voice recording, read it, listen to it. They are, I hadn't initially, and I went, started going back. They are super interesting and really cool. The story that it's telling through all that stuff is really amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for you to get to that, too. Yay! Yes. I'm excited. And I'm happy that there's kind of been a little bit of a lull in terms of, like, games that I want to play coming out right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get through all this shit <laughs> now, yeah. now that uh, I'm done with Persona, which has been, which was such a huge time sink, but no, com- this is not a complaint. <laughs> it was just a huge time uh, time commitment, so I'm glad that I'm done with that now. Um, and I'm watching my boyfriend play um, Final Fantasy XII, Zodiac Age. Mm-hmm. And he's a nut job. Um, he found, like, a grind area to where he could just, like... Uh, and he set all of his gambits up so expertly <laughs> to uh-huh. where um, the game just plays itself. So, <laughs> so for the past three days, 
he's, um, when we would go to bed, he would just leave the game on, and he would be in this dungeon, and would just, like, continuously fight monsters in that dungeon, because he set the gambits up in a way to where he wouldn't die, and they would just kill things over and over again, so now, all of his characters are level 99. Uh, that does not surprise me, because that is definitely a thing that, like, if you know what you're doing in 12, you can absolutely do, is yeah. just set up your gambits and be like, cool, do your, do your thing, game. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what he's done, so everybody's level 99, so that's been fun watching him just do that. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's a nut job when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> yeah, what I'm hoping is, like, because there's so many big, big games, um, I'm hoping to finish Horizon Zero Dawn mm-hmm. soon enough that I can maybe go back and finish Final Fantasy XV, finally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. slash, like, play most of it, more or less. Yeah. Um, and then I forgot, like, the second Tomb Raider game I've had for forever, and I didn't really play it through, so I need to play that. Yeah, me too. I need to finish that. I was playing it initially on the Xbox One, and then I bought it on PS4 because it has all the DLC. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, I think it does. It does, yeah. Um, that game is very good. The first one was I mean, the first of the new ones was amazing. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. Oh, and it's and everything about uh, in the second one that was everything in the first game that was like, oh, this is okay. They like vastly improved in the second one. It's very good. Wow, it's a very good game. Um, yeah, like uh, I'm excited about getting to that. And uh, Titanfall 2 just became part of the EA Access Fall. And I have that on Xbox One. I have that EA, EA Access membership. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, it's free. I might as well play through the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get to that at some point, too. I have, but, why don't we ta- I have that as well. Why don't we try to time that so we can both play the campaign yes. around the same time? Even though I'm, I'm playing it on PS4 because I got it as a gift. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, so we'll it's play- the same, obviously. Yeah. So. yeah. We should do that, mm-hmm. um, and then we can talk about it. Uh, so yeah, maybe like um, we'll take like a day sometime this week to like play through a little bit of it up to a certain point. Yeah, and then we can talk about it together. Okay, um, that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I was playing that. I played a little bit of Mamadora Reverie Under the Moonlight, which is a um, Steam. Uh, it's a PC game that is sort of uh, Metroidvania style. Okay, really like uh, really pixel art aesthetic i'm interested um and it's it's very good um a couple of friends recommended it to me uh, i think they've they've played it i think a few times at um games done quick events mm-hmm. uh and it's just like very good and surprisingly hard so far um but i'm enjoying that and then i bought overcooked on my switch because mm-hmm. it's such a fun multiplayer game it's such a good game it's, it's really really fun it's not fun by yourself no really. i no. tried playing by myself no. and it's like it's frustrating. It's very hard mm-hmm. um, having to control too, because like it's not just you. You have to swap your characters constantly. Yeah, and that's just like not fun. Yeah. Um, so I bought it so like, I had something to play with uh, my girlfriend and my roommates, and also like traveling. It's nice to have a little multiplayer game mm-hmm. that you only need one switch for. Yeah. Um, the only problem is that game runs like horse shit on the switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't like Digital Foundry released like a. 11 minute video about it mm-hmm. and it's that game runs at like 60 fps i think on most consoles yeah uh that game on switch doesn't maintain 30 i would say it oh, yeah wow. it doesn't maintain it doesn't maintain 30 fps it sits at 24 yikes which is like 24 is fine for movies but it's not good for video games at all oh, and yikes 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 on levels with like lots of environmental stuff happening, which some of the levels have like crazy background stuff going on. 
or like when your kitchen catches on fire because you're doing really bad, uh, that frame rate will dip to like 18 or 19, which starts to border on almost unplayable in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, especially for a game that is about doing things as fast as possible. Uh, so I would imagine that, um, I can't remember the developer who did it. I would imagine that they are working on a patch, I hope, but that game, I mean, I'm, that game shouldn't have shipped in that state. They're obviously aware of it because so many outlets were covering it that it's a really bad port. Um, and I feel like an idiot for spending the money on it already. So I'm just really crossing my fingers that they fix it. Um, otherwise I will have definitely felt like I wasted 20 bucks on something that something that doesn't really work Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but that said, what I have played when it's not like absolutely tanking frame rates wise is very fun. It's a really, really good multiplayer game. Yeah, like it's a blast. I was playing it at um at a party that I went to over at the Crunchyroll offices uh, not too long ago, and mm-hmm. it's great. It's really, really fun. And I played like one or two levels of it, and I'm like, this is amazing. I was hooked after that, and we just played it for the majority of the evening. It's wonderful so definitely download that it's on basically everything yeah get it on something that's not i mean if you want to get it on switch because you want it mobile for party gaming like on the go with friends mm-hmm. get it on switch but just know that that game is it runs like horseshit it's, yeah. it runs really poorly um i recommend it on you, xbox or ps4 probably yes if you don't mind having it like buying it twice mm-hmm. um if you have a switch and you want it on that i would say if you want to play it at home, if you have a PS4 or Xbox One, buy it there instead. Yeah. And then if you want to drop another 20 bucks on Switch, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, yeah, it just runs. Until they patch it, if they do, it runs really bad. Yeah. Um, this is actually sort of a... So this actually works as a weird segue. Yeah, it does, actually. Um, and I want to preface, I guess, this conversation with... Because uh, it's, it's, I feel like it's a pretty sensitive conversation, but me and GJ talked about it before the episode started, and we felt like we should talk about it. Um, but just we wanted to be careful with how we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, I think it was Friday night. Yeah. Friday night. Um, some stuff went down online involving, uh, Nick Robinson of Polygon, um, who is someone whose content, like I've always enjoyed. He does, uh, you know, cool games, Inc and Carboys and awful squad on Polygon with Griffin McElroy and, and a couple others. Um, so we don't want to talk about it at length and we certainly don't want to speculate, but we do kind of want to talk about what happened and why it's a thing that does happen and why we're glad we're seeing how it's being handled. And also just like what we can do in the gaming communities for it to help it from happening again, to keep it from happening again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so Nick was, uh, tweeting about overcooked actually about how, absolutely shit the um switch port was mm-hmm. and and in a like not necessarily uncharacteristic for nick but certainly in a more uh mean and assholeish manner than usual um and uh, uh someone responded to him uh and the response was basically insinuating that he had uh, basically was uh sort of digging at him for being for leaving uh for sexually harassing developers female developers and female people in the games industry yeah uh through their dms on twitter now 
normally if someone popped into someone's timeline and like threw that in there, it would just seem like sort of weird. Yeah. And like a thing out of nowhere. Um, and this did initially until a lot of Twitter, a lot of games, industry, industry Twitter, mm-hmm. um, sort of vague tweeted things that seem to be supporting that or in confirmation of it. Um, no one posted receipts, which I think is the right thing to do as far as um, it's not your place to uh, out another victim's um, trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you are a victim and you want to, that's fine. Um, but it was enough that uh, there was enough people kind of confirming vaguely that uh, it obviously had some traction to it. Yeah. Um, so the good thing is that uh, uh, I believe is um, one of the the I think the editor in chief over at Polygon. I think it was him. Um, but basically, he tweeted that uh, Nick's been suspended. And they're uh, they're going to be doing a full investigation an investigation at Vox Media to figure out what's going on, yeah. um, which I think is the right way to do it. Like there it was is. they didn't they didn't take time to deliberate on it. It was it was an immediate. Um, the allegations were brought forth. They're taking them into consideration and they are investigating it fully before they make um, any sort of decisions decisions about it. And in the meantime, you know he's he's been suspended as as an employee there. Um, mm. So yeah, I, and, and what I what I mean, DJ again talked about us. I don't want to get into speculation about whether or not he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the amount of tweets that came out of a lot of people, and especially because there was, it was in response to something that was sort of out of nowhere, mm-hmm. um, probably lends to some credence that it's probably true. Yeah, but, and I just checked the uh, the NeoGaf post where all of this is coming out. Yes. And it's been. And it's been constantly updating with more, with more information. So yeah, yeah. But we're not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Sp- yeah, if yeah. if you want to read about it and you want to see all those tweets, um, and and it's coming from other people that, I, in general, I've trusted in the game industry, like Gita Jackson, who's usually on point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, uh, the NeoGaf thread is probably the best place to go catch up on it. Um, what we did want to talk about though is. Um, I think like power dynamics yeah. in the industry and how that leads to this sort of shit happening. Um, I think there's a good discussion to be had here about um, the sort of soft boy culture mm-hmm. and and basically like Austin Walker had a really good series of tweets about the whole soft boy thing in general where it's like you have these these guys that are very performative about their allyship mm-hmm. and then still do this shit. Yep. Um, and very supportive and vocal about feminism and still do this shit. Yep. And I get that because I was a misogynistic asshole like as recently as eight years ago. Yeah. Um and and did dumb shit. Uh so I understand to a degree. Um that you know anyone can be prone to this. Mm. But basically how like Austin Walker brought up an interesting point about um, you know, it's it's very suspect when uh, a group is like, oh, we're not those type of guys, you know? Yeah. So, like, so, you know, we're not these misogynists or these type of guys or, like, uh, the the quote-unquote nice guys. Like, that was a really the first one I can think of. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm not, like, one of those, like, nice guy guys that are, are this. And then it became, now it's, you know, soft boy. Like, soft boy is now ruined mm-hmm. um, because it's it's become the new nice guy in a way. Um, 
yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm rambling a little bit here, uh, but I don't know, DJ, if you have anything to, to sort of say here. No, I don't think, I mean, I think that what you were saying is is very accurate, and it's very, yeah, it's very accurate. Um, what's unfortunate about this is that it's very frustrating because masculinity in and of itself is pretty toxic as it is. Mm-hmm. And when you're a man that's not what these strict confines of what it means to be male or 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 you identify as a male means you're immediately like oh you're, you're like oh you're soft or oh you're oh you're like a little punk or or you're a wimp or whatever but it has adverse effects on the identities of of like queer men and mm-hmm. and people that are and men that are that are more femme or or trans men or any of that like it like there's already such rigid confines to what being a quote unquote man is supposed to be that when people who are actually genuinely that's just who they are at their core they're real they're real honest earnest nice you know open people uh, soft and kind hearted people. Like, where does that leave them? Where does that leave actual genuine people who are, you know, just genuinely good people? Like, it's, yeah, and it and it kind of, it kind of just like there's are there's already so little for what men can have, <laughs> mm-hmm. and for and for good reason. And I mean, and it, this comes from. It's it's it's. I'm trying to figure out how to how to say it. Um, I'm like stumbling over my words, but yeah, it's just. It's like you're not you're not doing us any favors. <laughs> yeah. By being like this, like you're not like you're you're causing way more problems, and you know like men men are trash, like for the most part, and it's like you're not you're not helping your case. Mm-hmm. Like by try by putting on a front like you're a nice person, and and then still continuing to be trash. Like I I think I said it a little bit better on Twitter this morning. I was like sh- like straight men trying to bait and switch women under the guise of being nice or soft is fucked up. Like why are you like this? Yes, absolutely. Like, and and it's like I think guys don't sometimes even I feel like guys don't even realize sometimes that they are being those guys yeah. and that's not and that's not justification of it mm-hmm. it's just them not being um it's them not being self-critical and keep themselves in check and i think when you here it is the danger of the sort of like um well those sort of guys or jocks or bros versus nerds mm-hmm. or 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 uh or like nice guys. I'm not one of those nice guys. Or now it'll be like I'm not a soft boy, right? It's this weird tribalism. It's mm-hmm. this weird thing where you say like teams. Yeah. And that's not a thing that does anyone any good, right? Right. right. Um, I understand the want to self-identify away or the want to distance yourself, but I think if you so vehemently say um, I am not that, I am not them, mm-hmm. I am not that team, I am this team that's a good team. Mm-hmm. What you are doing is it's almost like you're almost tricking yourself into not having to scrutinize yourself. And if you don't scrutinize yourself, I think you can easily fall into doing dumb shit like this. Exactly. Yeah. You know, 
um, I think what it does is it keeps you from that scrutiny. So, I mean, if you want to identify, like, personally, I just, the term soft boy, I think is cute. Yeah. And I'm, I have no problem being like, I am a soft boy in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, it's now going to have, and I think it was already sort of starting to get there, but it's now going to have more of that sort of disingenuous performative mm-hmm. connotation. Mm-hmm. That's negative. That's why when you said sort of that, that soft boy is like dead now, mm-hmm. it's been ruined. I was like, what about fluff boy? Can we just replace it with something else? That's like also cute. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think to so legitimately say like I am this thing and not this thing is is a very uh it's a very dangerous way to ignore the possibility that you could be that way or you have things that lean that way mm-hmm. and you have to keep your shit in check. Right. Like yeah. that is um and and I just want to clarify something real quick too because we said it. I think we probably say men are trash like frequently on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and part of that is because we keep getting examples to talk about. Um, so if you guys would fucking quit it, we wouldn't do it as much. Right. Um, but I, I don't think we have to necessarily make it clear to our listeners, but any new listeners, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think the sentiment men are trash. It doesn't mean that we hate men. We are both obviously men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have so many amazing loving males in my life. Yep. Um, even straight white guys yeah. in my life yeah. who are like my brothers are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, that that phrase is uh, is not literal. It is a indicator of exhaustion. Yes, like it is. Um, it it is when when you say you know if you're sick of um, you know uh, every DC movie besides Wonder Woman being you know before Wonder Woman like being bad. And you're just like, DC is trash. Like, because you're exhausted over one bad thing after another. Mm-hmm. Um, or anything. It's just, you are voicing exhaustion, not an actual legitimate hate against a type of people. Because right. that is actual bigotry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I, that is a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's lost. That's, especially in the age of Twitter. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking about this with my boyfriend, which is part of the reason why he doesn't really engage in Twitter at all. Is, it's probably smart. Which is, very which, smart. which is smart, and <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had the foresight to have not done this. However, um, I think I want to get nasty though. So Twitter is a good place to get nasty. I, yeah, it, it really is. It really is. <laughs> when you want to be Garbo, it's the perfect platform to do it. It's perfect. Um, but nuance is often lost in the age of social media um, mm-hmm. because when you have a character limit, you can't really get nuance in that, and especially with the way that Twitter handles um, uh, threads mm-hmm. now. Um, it's even worse to have a, have like a continuous stream of stream of thought in a series of tweets that are connected because they keep fucking shit up with Twitter and, and I don't know I don't know it's stupid but whatever it's it's just hard to have nuanced conversations on things that are that are more open and long form like uh, even though this is also trash uh, Facebook um, you can you have more than 140 characters to like talk about things at and I, yeah and i don't think people want nuance yeah, like they don't. i mean i think some people do but i think for unfortunately for like a very large amount of people uh they don't want nuance they want their they want their thoughts or their feelings to be re- like reinforced mm-hmm. or they want it in a really like easy to repeat or remember soundbite you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so it's hard it's like really hard but i think that's why it's so important for all of us to constantly like do little gut checks um yeah. 
I think there's this thing where like people are like, oh, well, you know, if you're open minded or you're liberal or whatever, you're never satisfied. And it's like, well, yeah, I think never being satisfied, never being satisfied doesn't mean you're miserable. Right. Never being satisfied means you always want to be better yeah. and you always want everything else to be better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I often think that if that like if you're not constantly questioning your questioning things and constantly like asking yourself difficult questions um self um self-reflection and like introspection seems to be a dying art with a lot of people um mm-hmm. and and again like I'll, like I'm speaking in generalizing terms so I'm like of course there's again there's nuance to even that statement in and of itself but yes. I feel like a lot of people don't spend the time to look within themselves to ask themselves difficult questions and to kind of look to see maybe if other people are saying X, Y, and Z that I should kind of take a look inward to see why I don't feel this way or whatever that looks like. And I think of where people spend a little bit more time like saying like, oh, well, somebody is saying this. Mm -hmm. Multiple people, a lot of people are saying X. Maybe... If I don't agree with X, there's there has to be something within what they're saying. There has to be some sort of truth as to what these people are saying. Some sort of truth to it. And sometimes there might not be. But I think mm-hmm. it's worth questioning uh, questioning those those things that you that you that you're saying. And like it's hard. Like being yeah. introspective and like looking at the shit that you have wrong with yourself is hard because it can be depressing, right? Yeah. Um, it can be difficult. It can be, it's hard to even, I think, balance doing it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think to like be better humans, to constantly evolve, to do all that stuff, you have to do it. And if you don't do it, I think you absolutely run the risk of, of falling into becoming the thing that you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just you haven't been paying attention to yourself and your own actions, mm-hmm. and you're still gonna fuck up, and that's fine. Yeah. But like, if you do, right the ship. Like, if you never, if you're fucking up and you don't take that time to be introspective, mm-hmm. you're not gonna fix it for like a long time. And then, how much more damage are you going to do to yourself, other people, uh, your brand, mm-hmm. like um, everything? Yeah. Like, people don't want to take ownership of their own stuff. For like, sure. People would much it's because it's much easier to blame somebody else for things that you do to frame it as a reaction to something that someone else has done rather than being like being honest and be like I I need to own the things that I have done and mm-hmm. I need to and if I've done something wrong I need to claim that and I need to own that and I need to be better so that I don't do that again mm-hmm. and I think. To me, I think that's a very simple concept, but to others, it really isn't. I think it's literally just part of being an adult, yeah, and not a child, because children are terrible little monsters, and they don't—they don't self-introspect. They don't think about how their actions uh, affect the world around them. Mm-hmm. And I think part of a defining thing about being an adult is that you do that. You—you yeah. you think about consequences, and you think mm-hmm. about how you affect things around you. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, so yeah, that's going on. I'm hoping that things um, continue. They seem to be like they're they're being handled in the the best way possible. Yeah. Um, 
and I hope that they continue to be done that way. Um, I hope that something potentially good comes out of all mm -hmm. of this, um, and that uh, people that were negatively affected by mm -hmm. it like come out of this in a, in a in a better in a better place than they were before. All of it, yeah. Um, um, and because this, this process is hard, yeah. And again, like really, this this really quick like props to Polygon for handling this the way that it needs to be handled. Not saying that, oh, Absolutely. they're handling it means, like, it's never going to happen again or whatever, but, like, I think it's important to acknowledge that, especially within the gaming space, that yes. when when we've had other instances of of, harass, of harassment being in, um, in the Twitter sphere and just in the industry, it hasn't been handled as elegantly as Liss, and it hasn't been, and not to say that it's perfect, but, like, it just hasn't been handled with the amount of uh, uh with the uh what's the word that I'm looking for uh what's the word, what's the word I'm looking for um being handled with such a sense of urgency like, yes yeah um because we've seen other places kind of like dance around it and not really acknowledge what's happening is actually happening when it's clearly happening so yeah this is Good on them for doing that. I hope that something good comes from this, and I hope some some actual actions are being taken against what's what's going on. But yeah, it's really um, it's it's really uh, I think a lot of people really uh, had a lot of trust in 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 Nick as far as like being a good. Mm -hmm. ally and and all that and so i think a lot of people feel sort of betrayed in a way and that's completely um, valid too like it's oh for sure like, absolutely you can you can be you know a supporter of someone that you thought was what was was cool and then yeah. to be like shocked and upset that that person turns out to be something that they're not is is unfortunate and it's sad and those feelings of that of someone that you know you want supported have now changed dramatically is valid. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not your fault. It's not your, for like, yeah, and it's not your fault. Not noticing yeah. or not whatever. you know, yeah. um, I, I think what's good is that, uh, to me, at least I think as out of, out of all the video game, um, journalism, uh, outlets there are, uh, polygon to me has been pretty much the most progressive consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they have their polygon show podcast is for women. Um, you know, they, they consistently are really good about talking about, um, LGBT rights, um, and, and, and how they cross, like how they are cross sectioned with video games. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, all of their, uh, all of their video content, like almost none of it is, is I would say cringy towards, mm -hmm. towards, um, towards women, towards, uh, towards the queer community, any of it. So I think to me, it's really great and really good to see that that wasn't just lip service yep. that they seem to be um legitimate yeah. with the actions that they're taking right now so that's that that at the very least is i think made me feel better about like consistently always supporting that as a place mm -hmm. um and respecting it as a place for for game journalism yeah um but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that sucks so yeah so that that sucks um let's take a quick break and then we're going to move on to much happier topics for sure.
And we're back to talk about happy things, cool mm-hmm. things, and actually more persona things. Which you would think, I just got done with so much persona, and now they're trying to put like give more to me. Sign and me I'm up. okay with it. Sign me up. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally I think fine. My favorite part of this, uh, and, and so you guys know what we're talking about, uh, they uh, Atlas revealed Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight. Which is just like uh, Persona 4 Dancing All Night, right? Mm-hmm. And Persona 5 Dancing Star Night. So I thought it was interesting. I expected Persona 5 Dancing game to come out. Mm-hmm. I did not expect them to go back to and do Persona a Persona 3. 3 game. Yeah. What this also means is now we have 3D models on a PS4 for Persona 3 characters mm-hmm. and some of the 3D environments for the game, mm-hmm. too. And I'm just like, not saying that they would make it, but they've done some of the work to remake persona 3 if they wanted to which would be cool yeah <laughs> how do you how, your face no, looks like you like no absolutely no it's i'm so excited <laughs> and if they if they do remake a persona 3 that would be so dope um mm-hmm. i would be so down to play that again um, the only thing that I wish they would change is that you can have direct control of your party members. That's like the only thing that I wish they would change if they did I, a Persona yes. 3 uh, reboot. But um, I, I would assume if they rebooted 3 that we would get some of the, the combat changes that are in Persona 5. Because yeah. those are the most... If there is anything that would potentially put Persona 5 above 3 and 4, it would be the combat stuff. Yeah. Um, and like how and like the quality of life choices they mm-hmm. made. Um, that said, I haven't played three, and I've heard from so many friends how good it is. It's very good, and like especially story wise. Mm-hmm. So I'm like pretty. I would be really interested in that. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, Persona Q2, which looks like it's going to be a Persona Five ish themed version of Persona Q. Yeah. Um, which wasn't that like very like dungeon crawly um, first person attack. Have you played uh, any of the Etrian Odyssey games on the 3DS? Yes, it's just that. like that. Okay. It's that with Persona. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is like how some of the Shin Megami games are pretty much, right? For the most part. On 3DS? For the most yeah. part, yeah. Um, so it, it felt right at home with that style of gameplay. But it was very mm-hmm. much Persona, but with the Etrian Odyssey kind of uh, gameplay mechanics. Um, in terms of navigating the spaces and all that stuff. And drawing the maps out and everything. So it was very much an awesome marriage of the two things. It's very good. Um, mm-hmm. Persona Q is, very, is a very, very good game, so I'm happy to see another one coming. Um, and the one of the things that I want to mention about uh, Persona Three and Persona Five, uh, Dancing Moonlight and, and Starlight, is that I hope that we get a PS4 port of Persona Four Dancing All Night because oh yeah, that was the only thing that I um, that I wished was the case was that because um, I guess. It made sense for at the time because they didn't know how well that game was going to sell to only put it on the Vita. So yes. I get it and it makes sense. But that game did very well both in Japan and in the US. So I hope that we got a port of that and that would be amazing if we got a Persona dancing box or something, yeah. I don't know, that had Persona 3, 4, and 5 dancing games all in one all in one collection. I would lose my mind and I would pay any amount of money for that. It probably won't happen, but Persona 3 and 5 dancing games, I'm here for it. I so love pers- those games. Persona 4 Dancing All Night had like an actual like storyline and plot, right? Oh, yeah. So it's to- and it's okay. and it's canon. 
Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah. Because I would have I would have thought that they would maybe make a Persona like dancing game in general if they're going to start doing all of them like this, yeah. and then it just. But if if they're doing if they're be, if they're going to be canonical, uh, canonical to mm-hmm. um, the games that they're set in, I understand why there's a Persona three. Dancing game and a Persona Five separate. Mm-hmm. What it does make me want, though, uh, is instead of a Persona Five uh, Ultimax, mm-hmm. I would just like to see a Persona Ultimax, and oh, we yeah. just get three, four, five characters like all in that mix. Yeah. So, and that was that's what uh, I thought you were going when you were talking about the three D models and stuff. I thought that that's where you oh. were going, and not a remake of three. But I also want a remake of three now. Um, yeah. I would really love to see now that Arc Systems has done Guilty Gear and are doing this Dragon Ball Z fighting game. It looks amazing. Which both games are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them do uh, just a Persona Persona Arena that's all the Persona games. They have all these 3D models now and then just make a fighting game with all of them in it. So I want my Smash mm-hmm. Brothers of Persona, but like a two D yep. fighting game, like that, like a two point five D fighting game. Like it, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I hope that they do it because that will be a, an incredibly beautiful and stylish game. And mm-hmm. I just because uh, Persona Four Arena is amazing, and it's it's, super it's fun. also a good fighting it's a game, really like good fighting game. Good. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what comes of that in the future. So, yeah. Uh, just when I thought I didn't get enough Persona, I'm about to get a lot more. And I want to play other games, though. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, so do I. I want to play other products. Yeah, and what's what's good to know is that the localization for a Persona 4 Dancing All Night didn't take very long. So no, no. It, it came out in the U.S. two months after it dropped in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if that were the same case with these dancing titles as well. I hope they they do do that versus what they did with localizing Persona 5 itself was uh, they waited until after the game shipped in Japan to start localizing it for the US. And... Took forever. Yeah, so like, it came out in September of last year in Japan, and then it dropped in April. So that's Mm -hmm. um, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Eight months. And and not a fantastic local. Oh, yeah. So, like, that was, like, eight months is not enough time. Not enough time. To localize a game that is so text-heavy. Yes. That is so dialogue-heavy. That's not nearly enough time. Uh, and also, what I what I heard too through the grapevines is that uh, the the localization was done by by native Japanese speakers who spoke English, and not, not native English speakers that yeah. spoke Japanese. Yeah. So exactly. that's where a lot of the problems, uh, in terms of like sentence structure and all that stuff came came about. So. Because the the localization for four was was decent, so yeah. I wish they would have had they would have spent more time. But you know, again, amidst all those issues, it's still one of my favorite games of twenty seventeen. But 
Oh, it's still very yeah, good. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a lot more Persona shit coming, and R.I.P. other games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of other games, DJ, um, are you playing... How much Platoon 2 are you playing? Are you enjoying it the same as the first? Is it... Yeah, I really like it. I haven't played too much of it, and the reason why I haven't played much of it is because I keep getting disconnected. So... Uh. It's more. Are you playing on Wi-Fi or? Um, yeah, I've been playing it on Wi-Fi and yeah, and it's just been it's having connectivity issues. Just um, it's a server thing from them because my I, internet I, is. I've heard uh-huh. very good. So I've heard that from many people, and I've heard somebody went out. There's somebody wrote an article about how they went out and they bought the Wii uh, Ethernet adapter, mm-hmm. and they stopped having those issues. Yeah, but that's weird because it's not like if you have a really good internet connection. That shouldn't be an issue over Wi-Fi. Right, like, right. Changing from those two, it seems like a server issue on Nintendo's side, so I'm yeah. not sure what's going on. But I've heard that from many friends. Yeah, so I haven't played as much of it as I would like just because of the connectivity issues. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say that the choice is clear from the Splatfest. Uh-huh. That ketchup is going to win. I mean, I feel like they really fucked Pearl. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, you know, everyone loves Marina, so they're going to, like, side towards Marina anyway. But then you do mayo versus ketchup. Like, which, to be fair, one of the widest things about me is I actually like mayo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, the little part of me that's not Latino is like mayonnaise, yes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, uh, it's it's just, like, a weird, I don't know, it's a weird choice. Um, if it was QP, I'd be like, oh, yeah, QP. Mm-hmm. For sure, um, but just normal mayo, not not my fave. Uh, the other thing is, so for the Splatfest, they have changed the color of the ink to uh, mayo and ketchup, which like just doesn't look so good, yeah. not so great. No. <laughs> um, at the risk of getting real nasty on this podcast, uh. it just just looks like every fight's just like coming blood. Yeah. It just looks real bad. And yeah, not the best choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. That's <laughs> just not the best idea. No. <laughs> but beyond that, um, Splatoon Two is a very good game. It's uh, visually, you have to see it in person. Yes, that. It, it it looks much better than the first game. My roommate has it, and she's straight addicted. Like, she plays it constantly. Yeah. Um, every week, I'm, like, so tempted. I get, like, within, like, moments of buying it, because mm-hmm. I want to play it with people, mm-hmm. and I want to play it. And I just, I, I feel like it'll be a waste of my money, mm-hmm. because I just I just don't think it's a game that... I love everything about it except for the actual gameplay, mm-hmm. and I just don't think it'll take this time. The only thing I want to try, and maybe I'll ask my, my roommate if I can try it and see if it's like enough to make me buy it, is Salmon Run sounds really fun. Yeah, so I hear that the PvE is really the uh, the PvE is really good, but it it's Nintendo doing Nintendo things to where you can't just like boot up Splatoon two and play Salmon Run whenever you want. Yeah, it's limited times. I've heard it's the limited times are pretty frequent, is what I've heard. They're okay, from what I've heard. I think they might be. I think they've just recently changed them to be a little uh-huh. bit more frequent because it's mm. like one is super late at night and one's like in the morning. 
but people have jobs. Yes. <laughs> so some, some adults play this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's not great. It's like there already aren't a whole lot of gameplay modes in Splatoon. Period. Mm-hmm. So to lock one out to an arbitrary time thing seems a little ridiculous to me. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really see what the um, advantage of that is, unless it's, unless it's for any, it's for server reasons on their end. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't see the benefit of it for them. I've seen some people talk about how they like it because it makes it feel like it's special. Um, and because you get really, I guess you get really good loot drops from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I don't know, like, so, okay, this is how they handle it in destiny, right? The crucible, which is uh, PVP in destiny mm-hmm. is always available at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, once, uh, a month or every couple months mm-hmm. they do iron banner. Iron banner is PVP, but it has specific like quest like specific bounties like things that you want to do during pvp matches um it has a specific uh like um reputation level like the more of them you play you can get to such a certain a certain level Mm -hmm. and the higher level is it unlocks um specific iron banner themed equipment that you can buy um and so it, it makes it special but nothing about Iron Banner gameplay is any different. It's it's the same. What they'll do is that Iron Banner, whenever it comes, will be they'll choose one PvP mode, and that's what Iron Banner is for that that uh, week mm-hmm. that it's available. So if they wanted to do this with with Salmon Run, I feel like Salmon Run should be available at all times. But you only make certain loot loot drops available yeah. at certain times, or or certain equipment, or just certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would make it would still give it the like special feeling, but you could also just do it at any time and have fun with your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it just, <sighs> I love Nintendo, but they just do really dumb shit. <laughs> like a very backwards company. In a lot yeah. Of ways, yeah. Like they, they do a lot of really dumb dumb things and i'm like guys stop <laughs> you're Quit so it. like you're so close you're so close to being like we can completely compete with playstation network and xbox live we are right there but you have to, like the stupid the stupid app for the i just i'm not gonna go into it i'm not gonna get into it that was that was honestly a big reason why i'm not, I was I'm not like, gonna get into it because that's I won't. so it's so dumb. Like I don't I don't mind companion apps. Like the PlayStation Network app, yes. while it's slow, yes. it's still you can like buy games through the app and then like goes to your PlayStation. It's and useful. It's, I just <sighs> come on. It is it is one of the reasons why I didn't buy. Why I'm I'm less likely to buy it because I really only want to play that game if I'm playing it with friends. Mm-hmm. And the the idea that to get voice chat going through the official through the game is so ridiculously hard mm-hmm. um is i know i could use discord or something else but the fact that there's a whole app that is weird 100 percent a reason why i've been hesitant uh, to it's, it. it's dumb it's really really dumb but uh but yeah so nintendo doing nintendo things as usual love them but jesus christ guys come on <laughs> oh man so i'm 
I just like I just found this right before we started recording. You have like you guys can't see DJ, but he's smiling so big. <laughs> he has such a big stupid smile on his face. It, DJ, tell the people why you're so happy. <laughs> I'm so excited because so there's a Bandai Namco Games announced a couple months ago that they're making a new Naruto fighting game uh, called um, Naruto to Boruto Shinobi Strikers. And it's... Oh, you mean um, Nart to Bart soccer game. Yeah, that Nart to Bart. Uh, So it's a uh, squad-based fighting game, which is cool because in Naruto... You know, the whole thing is that they're in three-man cells, and they, you know, they fight each other as a group, as a team, and we've never had a game, we've never really had a Naruto game that really made that the primary thing. We've always had, like, head-to-head Naruto fighting games, and even in the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games, while you have three characters on your team, um, mm-hmm. you still only fought with them one at a time. So... Uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of this a lot. I have no idea if it's going to be good, I, but the idea of, yeah. like... I'm like me and my buddies gonna be like, yo, we roll as Team Seven, you know, um, is cool. Yeah. But it really depends on how good the game is. But the best part is, though, yeah, the best part is that you get to make your own fucking ninjas, so your Naruto OCs can finally come to life. I can finally make Nart for real, yeah. my own Nart. Yes. Um, he's gonna be the Naruto, but he's just gonna look slightly derpy. <laughs> he's gonna be just everything's gonna be slightly, slightly off brand, <laughs> like like his Dollar Tree Naruto. <laughs> um, and so the reason why I am really uh, hopeful about this game is because of Dragon Ball Z Universe, and Dragon Ball Z Universe is very good, and it's like a multiplayer team based uh, MMO type of situation, and it's really good. Like Dragon Ball Z Universe is a ton of fun. I played the first one religiously for a while, and it was great. And then I have the second one, but I really haven't dug too much into it. But it's really good. So I'm thinking if it's the same team involved with making it, then the Naruto version of that should be pretty good. So I watched a, a Japanese gameplay stream of it, and mm-hmm. it looks legit. So I'm hoping that it's good. I hope that the character creation options are good. I hope that I can at least make a brown ninja because there are actually black characters in Naruto. So, yes, Killer yeah. B and like his entire his entire squad. The whole, the whole Cloud Village is like the black ninja the black ninja village. So yeah, it's the hip hop village. Yeah, like hip hop ninja village. <laughs> <We're killer>. um, <laughs> so not stereotypical at all. Yeah, not but. not problematic in and of itself. But you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that black folks exist in Naruto land. So and and it was a big part of the story. Big, he was an important character. Yes, very important characters. And the Raikage is like, actually super important. Yeah, the Raikage is actually a beast. So it's you know it's cool. So I'm hoping those options exist in Naruto to Boruto Shinobi Strikers. Um, I, I feel like 2017 is the year, um, like somehow, and I've said, said this before, but this like expands on it that like game developers knew that it was going to be a shit show and we would need some good escapism. Mm-hmm. So not only did they release all these really amazing, fantastic games right when the year started, but they're also releasing, they're like, you know what? We don't, maybe we don't get it, but we know you're all trash. So here are uh, here's a Naruto game where you can make your own Naruto OC. Here's a Sonic game where you can be your own Sonic OC. <laughs> They're just like, you know what? 
the whole world's going to shit anyway. Enjoy being a trash pile. Yeah. We'll give you the tools to be as trashy as you can be. Yeah. I, I, I'm, just, I approve, I'm very appreciative. I approve of this. This is this works for me. This definitely works. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it to be good. Hopefully, I hope that and I'll I really be hope upset that it's good. otherwise. I really hope that it's good. I am glad that it's at least a, a change in formula from um, from the fighting games. Like it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I honestly would love to see like a good like Naruto action RPG game. That's what I really want. Yeah. Like, give me a Bayonetta near automata style nart mm-hmm. game let platinum do that business and mm-hmm. and make it real good that would be nice that would be really really nice oh man um but um i yeah but you've got something that you're really excited about oh well i'm a, i'm uh i was really excited about this just because um i'm big i like deadpool a lot mm-hmm. and i thought the first movie was very good and the second one is is being made and they announced that um, Zazie Beetz, who is in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, the Donald Glover TV show, mm-hmm. um, was going to be Domino, which is dope because I don't think Domino's ever been black in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, Domino's appearance has actually always been like hyper, like super pale white with a big black spot around one of her mm-hmm. eyes. Um, so they finally released a picture of Zazie uh, as Domino, and it's great because she's just like just beautiful, amazing black woman. And she has huge hair. Like, they didn't try to, like, tone it down. Mm-hmm. Like, it is proper. Like, it is... There's always this, like, the discussion and, like, hand-wringing about black hair. Because for some reason it's... I don't understand why it's an issue for people, like, outside of the black community. Why people are just like, this hair is too much. or this. I'm like, no, it's just hair. Yeah. Like, why would you... No, it's fine. It's just some people have hair that grows up and out and it's an afro what's your fucking deal um so uh she has like huge amazing hair and what i loved is that because she's uh dark-skinned instead of having a a black circle around one of her eyes she has sort of a white spot around one of her eyes and uh in it's vitiligo Mm -hmm. in the movie so not only is it like this dope character that is now this black character which is a really cool and interesting change that doesn't like change the character at all um, it, it, like it's still very true to I think like what the character can be mm-hmm. um, but also a character that has an autoimmune deficiency mm-hmm. um, which you never see especially in like a superhero film yeah. um, and it's just like really cool I'm just very excited for those choices they made because they're very like very cool choices in an industry that usually makes very stupid choices yeah I mean and I think it's really awesome too because um, it's also just bringing attention to like like black women being able to see themselves in roles that typically have been only reserved for, for white women. Like they get to be the, uh, the empowered like, uh, character in, in a comic book, in a comic book, in a superhero movie. Um, like all of the, God, I can't wait for black Panther. And then, and even in a, the, the new Thor movie coming out, like there's all these, awesome black women that are that aren't just like mm-hmm, girl and all this other stuff so like they're actually awesome fucking heroes yeah what's your name from westworld is uh is in mm-hmm. it as a major role yeah. and she's awesome uh in thor um yeah i'm i'm a. Uh, it's just it's also just cool i think specifically the vitiligo thing is yeah. cool because i've i've had quite a few friends actually that have vitiligo um 
And it's such a very visible thing. Like it's a, it's a thing that a lot of my friends who had it were always so self-conscious yeah. about and felt very like um, it made them, it made them very self-conscious because it's such a visible yeah. thing. It, it's, it affects how you look, you know, it's your skin. Mm-hmm. And we've had some like really positive um, things for people who have it. Like, uh, like Winnie Harlow, um, who is in uh, America's Next Top yep. Model, uh, who's gorgeous and has like really, really prominent uh, vitiligo, mm-hmm. um, and just so that, just showing that like people that have autoimmune disorders or 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 things that change their physical appearance can still be just as beautiful and just as rad. And the fact that they have they they gave it to uh, Domino and Zazie Beats, who's just this beautiful beautiful person mm-hmm. um it's just really cool i'm just very excited about that whole all the decisions are just really cool decisions yeah to me. me too I, i'm i i really i really like that a lot and it's been it's been really exciting for me um as like a black man to see black men and women being featured being center stage in in sci-fi, in in romance, in in romance, and in romantic comedies, and like in action films, and all that stuff. Like, like even though I hear that Dark Tower is really bad, but like seeing Idris Elba in a in a leading action role was really cool. Like just from the representation standpoint. And if you if you guys haven't seen Girls Trip yet, you need to go see it because it is the funniest fucking movie I've seen in a really long time. It's really good. It's it stars um, Jada Pinkett Smith. It stars I believe it's Nia Long, Queen Latifah, and um, why do I always forget her name? Because she basically carries uh, the movie. Um, she's she's so good. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let me go to the cast. I'm so I can't believe that I'm that I'm blinking on this right now. Oh, that's frustrating. Yeah, it's gotten... It has an 87 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, It stars... Oh, it's Regina... Yeah, it's not Neil Long, it's Regina Hall. Yeah, it's Regina Hall, Tiffany Haddish, Jada Pinkett-Smith, and and Queen Latifah. And there are, like, four girlfriends that haven't seen each other since college, and they go to New Orleans for Essence Festival, and it's this great uh, romantic comedy about four black women and we haven't had seen a film a comedy film that has four leading black women in it like ever <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's really really awesome it's super funny and it's great because like again you don't often see black women as as the love interest as as a desirable woman that deserves love and can be romanced and all that stuff like you don't get to see those things and that movie delivers on all of that and it's fucking Hilarious! Like I need to see it because I have not. I have not seen so it. It's so good. I want to see it again. It's so good. <laughs> me and me and my my boyfriend just quote the movie on a regular basis. Now it's it's really good. It's really really good. And if you don't know Tiffany Haddish, she is hilarious. She was just on <laughs> uh, Jimmy Kimmel, and mm-hmm. she was talking about a story while they were doing uh, while they were filming the movie with uh, with Jada and Will Smith was there and they were in New Orleans, and the story is hilarious. She's so funny, um, but yeah, go see that movie. It's great, and uh, yeah, just and there's there's 
all of this like black excellence that's happening in in film and television right now and in comics as well and in animation which is really cool um so i'll actually segue into talking about some anime because i kind of i want to bring i wanted to bring up something else too about what's coming up in the anime land oh too. yeah for mm-hmm. sure um I think the only thing, the two things I just want to talk about real quick is um, Sony just bought Funimation, which, oof, like, I don't what know. Yeah, what does that, what do you think that, that means? <sighs> well, so Funimation and Crunchy had an agreement for a bit, so I would imagine that that agreement will either stay um, through negotiation, or that mm-hmm. means that Crunchy will probably lose their access to the Funimation catalog stuff they did have access to through that deal, um, which sucks. Um, the other thing is... Uh, uh, I'm curious what that does. So, Crunch like Daisuke is shutting down. Really? They never really they never really caught on. Even though they had some exclusives, they had I think One Punch Man was exclusive to Daisuke for a minute mm-hmm. when it was in simulcast um, before I think Netflix got it. Um, Daisuke shutting down. I don't know what the future future looks like for Crunchyroll because everyone else who's entering the game is a big player. Mm-hmm. Sony has deep pockets. Netflix has deep pockets. Amazon has very deep yeah. pockets. Um, I don't know how you compete bidding on licenses without that sort of capital behind yeah. you. So I am really curious what's going to happen to Crunchy yeah, at this point. Because um, they do a very good job. Like I think that they've had, in my experience, they've had some issues with um, like sometimes server problems but as far as simulcasting as far as how obviously how much they are obviously fans of anime Mm -hmm. and the content they produce on top of the anime that they have for everyone um is just it's it it feels like a company that actually gives a fuck about anime which is really important um but it just i'm really curious what's gonna happen because amazon strike is still not the best streaming service. Yeah. Netflix won't simulcast, which is the stupidest fucking thing. And frankly, all of those changes being made, it's only going to drive people back into, into downloading, downloading, into downloading fan subs yeah. again. Like that's all it's going yeah. to do. It's it's going to like we have had such a good run of being able to legally acquire anime mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, yeah. and I think because these companies are really doing a shitty job of offering it properly. Um, it's going to drive people to not want to spend money yep. on it. 100%. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. So there, there's that. And then um, just because I've, I've been watching stuff from the season still, um, one of the things that stood out to me as I've been watching is there is a, uh, a series called Sude uh, Zure Children, which is like 12-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of folk, four coma style. And it's just a bunch of romantic comedy stuff. It just follows a bunch of couples. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly cute and really funny nice. and just super well done. And that's on Crunchy, so you can watch Sweet. it there. Um, but that was, that was the only anime news I had. Um, yeah. Um, what I wanted to talk about really um, really quickly, um, just because it kind of links back to what I was talking about with all the stuff happening to the representation of African-American people and black people in media all across the board, mm-hmm. is that uh, LaShawn Thomas, who, if you don't know who LaShawn Thomas is at this point, I you probably have been living under a rock, but Lashawn Thomas, <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's a produ- he's an animation producer, director, animator, comic book artist, writer, character designer, storyboard artist, you name it. Like he he does it all. He's fucking incredible, and he has been in the game for such a long time. He 
he was known for doing a lot of work on Boondocks. So if you watched Boondocks, LaShawn Thomas had his hand in that super deep, which is really cool because that show was phenomenal. Um, He has two... uh, He has a movie and a series coming out. So Children of Ether is a movie that's uh, that's a Crunchyroll exclusive that's coming out. Uh, I believe that came out either this week or it's, com- it's coming out this week or it came out last week. I'm very excited for that because it has the character uh, designer from Michiko Tahachin. Yeah. So everyone looks really good. Yeah. Um, and like Sean did the initial designs for them and then the character designer from Michiko Tahachin, uh, you know, brought them to life and it's so dope. And then his, it was originally, he was originally pitching it as a comic book, but now it's going to animation. Cannon Busters just got picked up by Netflix. So mm-hmm. he's making huge waves and it's long overdue for him. He's been in the game for such a long time and has been working so hard. He's been working in Japan and in the US and just yeah, he's just been in the game doing the damn thing for such a long time. So to see him really like lead his own projects and them coming out and they all look fantastic is truly awesome and really amazing. So I aspire to be a fraction of as successful and as popular as LaShawn Thomas is within my own career. Like he is definitely someone that I've looked up to and it's I think it's super important for um for people of color and especially like black kids to see people that look like them that are interested in these things that more often than not aren't really thought of as cool by other black people mm-hmm. <laughs> and being kind of like labeled as like a weirdo or like or like a nerd and all this other shit just because you like anime and and comic books and stuff it's really cool to see someone that looks like us be at the helm of these projects and do really well so it's i mean to me it it only makes sense because um i feel like the black community is really underrepresented in anime mm-hmm. in general and I so many uh, uh, like black people I know and black friends that I have love anime. Black people love anime. Like, like you, you show me, you show me a, uh, you show me a black dude that was born like that was like born between the years of like 1988 and like I don't know, like 2000. Show me a black dude that doesn't love Dragon Ball Z from like that time range. Like, like you're not like no one's gonna sit on here listening to this podcast and tell me they did not see that one black friend that had those those cheap pop the clothes shirts cheap, uh, polyester <laughs> t shirts that were all over prints of Dragon Ball Z characters all over him. You know, you either had one or you had a cousin or a, a friend, a neighbor, a classmate that trigun that button had up. that trigun button up or that Dragon Ball Z button up. Uh, or, like somebody had it. You know, someone that mm-hmm. had it. Like that was the whole, that's a whole <laughs> demographic of people that love anime and manga and are lit and hype for Dragon Ball Z, Samurai Champloo, One Punch Man, all that stuff. Like they out here, they in these streets. Like you need to go to the anime conventions, they out here. <laughs> so like it's it's not it doesn't make sense that there isn't more representation of of them of us in this content. And I'm happy to be part of that myself with Black Mage. And it's, you know, it's really cool to see all of this stuff happening. It makes me really excited. Um, 
I just does a nice little plug. Nice yeah, little you plug like, in you like how I slipped that in there, there real quick. Just slipped uh, it in. <laughs> DJ, did you have did you have a Dragon Ball Z? Button I didn't up have shirt? a Dragon Ball Z button up, but I did have several Sailor Moon shirts. So okay, so there. <laughs> And I did have my my fair share of Dragon Ball Z shirts and all that stuff because at the time, like, because Hot Topic has been in existence for as long as I've been alive, and like they had like Dragon Ball Z shirts, and now that like anime is like cool and accessible, like mm-hmm. being able to walk into Hot Topic and buy like anime shirts that are actually like in my size for shows that I like, like is super dope. So like I have like my Yuri on Ice shirts. I just bought a fucking like Sailor Moon shirt and a Dragon Ball Z shirt and all that stuff. So being able to get that stuff is so dope. So it's, I am yeah. waiting right now for like those club shirts to go back in style. Those like terrible, like, because you know, Hot Topic will have before. Oh yeah. The moment it happens. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it's only a matter of time to be perfectly honest. It'll be UFO pants and Dragon Ball Z button ups again. <laughs> oh man. What a time to, to be alive. What a time to be in high school. Awkward. <laughs> um, I think, that wraps it up for us this yeah. week. Um, if you had, if you had embarrassing uh, Dragon Ball Z button up shirts and Dragon shirts, get at us on Twitter. You can get DJ at, at okay, DJ on Twitter. That's O H H E Y DJ. I'm literally on the internet at all times, so <laughs> hit me up. Uh, and you can get at me at Rubots R O O B O T S on Twitter dot com. Um, I think me and DJ talked about it. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to get the show going back to weekly. Yes. Um, so look forward to that. We'll be able to cover more news, more relevant as it mm-hmm. happens. Um, we will be at Crunchyroll Expo in two weeks. Yes. Um, so DJ has a table there. I ideally will be nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come holler at mm-hmm. us uh, for sure. Um, I also just launched a comedy podcast. Um called you're welcome hollywood uh it's me me and two uh two of my straight white comedy friends um so if you want to hear me some straight white boys this is a good opportunity um but what we do is every week we get a um either get a suggestion from twitter or it just kind of organically comes about from us talking and we uh we settle on a idea or a theme and then we improvise an entire movie script on the spot um it's super fun and stupid uh, our first episode came out Wednesday, and it is um, it's sort of a uh, it's like a, a band movie about the rise and fall of a band, <laughs> but it's set. Uh, but instead of being modern, it is a like Baroque uh, era composer, um, and it is it is fucking it is stupid. It's very funny but very stupid. So um, go check that out. You can find it on iTunes, Google Music, uh, Stitcher, anywhere that you find podcasts. You can pick it up. Um, and uh, and let us know. And and if you're listening to us uh, for the first time, or if you haven't, please give us a rate and review us on iTunes or anywhere else because it's the best way to spread this podcast around and get more people listening to it um, and get it get it more visibility in that iTunes business. Yeah, absolutely. And also, if you guys want to be on, if you guys, gals, and everything else in between want to ever be on the show, please hit us up, email us. Um, Email us. Um, if you go to uh, magicalboyspodcast.com, um, there is a form that you can fill out. If you want to be on the show, we can definitely fit you in. We'll, you know, we'll line up our schedules and get you on the show so you can talk shop with us and you know geek out with us. And, yeah, we want to hear what, what your perspective is on things as well. And, and 
send us listener mail. Yeah. Like if you um, have any questions or prompts or um, anything, uh, we love answering that stuff on the yeah, show. Yeah, um, So send us some. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, on here. we definitely have like we I we have a list of people that want to be on the show, so we got to get that rolling here pretty soon. But uh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. we would love to have you guys on the show. Um, hit us up, and then follow the the podcast on Twitter as well at uh, Magical Boys Podcast. Or no, the Magical Boys. I'm sorry, uh, the Magical Boys on at, on Twitter, as well. And yeah, hit us up. And I think that's it for us today. So we'll see you guys again in a week. Yes, we'll see you guys next week. And in the meantime, uh, don't be a dickhead. Be cool. Just yeah, be just cool. be cool. Be magical and be cool, man. That's that's all that you yeah. have to do. All see right. You next time. We'll see you guys Bye. later. Bye. Yeah. Thank you.